lunch and Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows and creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm of course always your co-host Tyler McRae. With me is my confidant, my troubadour, uh, Cal Reader. Cal, um, how are we doing? I'm good, man. I'm good as always. I've just come off a big um, birthday week up in Sheffield, so Cal has been seeing a lot more of me person to person whilst been based there. A lot of fun. I've been pickling myself on some nice um, Lily cider. Everyone needs to try Lily cider. It's just Ribena, but it's um, dangerous. And the episode we're going to be reviewing today is um, Saturdays of Thunder from Season 3, Episode 9. Directed by Jim Reardon, written by Ken Levine and David Isaacs, with the original air date being November the 14th, 1991. And the couch gag was the couch cushion are missing and the family falls through into the couch. And as I always say, Cal, do you have any sort of initial memories, ideas, thoughts about this episode? Yeah, so this episode itself was quite a big one, really. Um, my cat is named incorrectly from one of the quotes from this episode. Uh, this episode is named after my cat, or a quote, it's been misquoted from one of the jokes in this episode. Have you got any guesses of what it may be? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go for the go-kart. Lil Lightning. Is it Lightning? It's not. Ah, oh, worth a go. We'll get to it. It's Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> but we open with, and you know it's going to be a good episode straight off the bat when we get my man, Troy McClure, Phil Hartman doing his best here. And um, with these, I can't believe they didn't invent it or they've not invented it. Um, I think they should have done more of these or at least like once a season. I, th- I believe they did season three, four, maybe five. They did two in season four. But I think they could have done this for like once a season. It's magic. Yeah, I think so. It, it brings it brings together two of the greatest characters who are very unused, Nick, uh, Doctor Nick, and obviously Troy McClure. Is Doctor Nick in many of the new episodes? I don't really. He's not really in it as much. He's in. This is the first time we're reviewing an episode where he's in it. He, I think, he debuts in. Uh, the one where they steal Cable in season two. Funnily enough, with Troy McClure as again. But yeah, it, this just perfectly encapsulates what daytime TV, JVC, the shopping channel, the hokey sort of B movie actors you get with it that are hosting this shit. Products you could only imagine before the foam dome, the Jetwalker, Mr. Sugar Cube. That baby changed our lives. I'm actor Troy McClure. You might remember me from such TV series as Buck Henderson, Union Buster, and Troy and Company's Summertime Smile Factory. But I'm here to tell you about Spiffy, the 21st century stain remover. Let's meet the inventor, Dr. Nick Riviera. Thank you, Troy. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. Troy, I brought with me the gravestone of author and troubled soul Edgar Allan Poe. One of our best writers. Yes, but unfortunately, a century of neglect has turned this tombstone into a depressing eyesore. So what? I guess we're going to have to throw it away. Not so fast, Troy. With one application of Spiffy, you'll think the body's still warm. Ooh. 
Quoth the Raven, what a shine. It's some, it's some good stuff. Like, I, you know, I don't, I've never bought anything from one of the shows, not like my granddad has. He's very much, I mean, it's very more um, towards the older and the unemployed, really. But it's, I don't know, it's very good. We once uh, did a thing in uh, college, and I used to do film and TV production, and we had to make a uh, shopping channel idea. So my shopping channel idea, which I eventually developed into one of my latest scripts um, in in university, was a shopping channel where the devil sold people's souls to people. And there's a tally at the back, at the, at the side, where it just kind of went from like lawyer to politician, and then like Ice Cream Man was the top most expensive soul because he was the most influential for what you can do. And I eventually developed that into our into my script, uh, Frank, and super natural boring life. Oh yeah, I do remember that. And he's he he works in in the same little. Uh, Shopping channel because my scripts always kept were always in the same universe, but none of them ever made anything. It was a sick concept. Why didn't Rick and Morty call you up? As far as shopping channels, my mum she steered clear for most of it, but she was a big sucker for for, you know, a JML every now and then, yeah, or uh, got this horrible thing. Look this up, folks. Um, advert advertisement for the ped egg. It just basically shaves your feet off, and there's a rank, there's a rank oh, bit where you get to see shit. all the sort of mozzarella feet shavings pour yeah. out, and it's oh Christ! That started my that started my foot fetish, that one. <laughs> yeah, lovely palms and feet. Homer's busy um, getting swept up in all the madness uh, with I can't believe they invented it. But um, Doctor Nick's a good pitchman here. He starts them off with a high ball. They get pissed off so much they. Fucking ECW and yeet a chair at him again. I'm offering three bottles, enough to clean 1,000 tombstones, for only $39.95. I'm afraid you're going to have to do better, Doctor. Yeah, give us a break, Doctor. But, Toy, how can I make it lower than $39.95? Find a way. Okay. I'll throw in a fourth bottle, the applicator glove, and the state of Kansas Java mold, twenty nine ninety five. But he's got to find a way of making it lower than you know thirty nine ninety five, and he chucks in what a fourth bottle, an applicator glove, a Java mold, twenty nine ninety five, and they all lose their shit. And Homer's busy calling for the phone, but um, Marge interrupts him from paying and wasting his money. Uh, you hear some sort of noises in the background in between all this. Bart's asking, oh, where's this power drill? And what happens if sparks fly if I use this um, power saw here? Because he's um, on his way to making a soapbox derby racer vow. Now, uh, for some reason, I always associate this with like old American typical cartoons like, what is it, soapbox derby, kick the can, stick ball. It seems very uh, Warner Brothers, very Looney Tunes. Yeah, I don't know if it's just because it's it's more of an American concept. If it was an actual thing, I remember back in school, um, I when I was in woodwork, I actually wanted to make one, partially because of this episode. Um, I for a final project, we could decide whatever we wanted to do, and um, my teacher just my teacher just turned around and was like, "No, you will never use it." I was like, "Yeah, okay, 
That's cool. <laughs> so I made a uh, on-air box instead. And I got everything pre-cut for me, all the wood. And all I needed to do was dowel it together. Um, so for about four or five weeks, I was making random little shit out of scrap wood. Like a vampire steak and a little wooden coffin and weird little shit like that. <laughs> Marge is away um, with her sisters getting the hair done. They want the old uh, Mary Tyler Moore look going on. So uh, Homer has to entertain the kids. Leaves Bart with a open flame here. Now, I don't know about you, I got a note in the fact they were doing uh, post-production. They had a bit of back and forth from the censors at the writing team about, oh, you know, kids could be impressionable about all, using all these power tools. But then they had the great idea of, like, what kind of kid is interested in effing power tools? <laughs> Maybe a welding flame, but like, who's actually, like, especially nowadays, if it's not Fortnite or Switch related, who's going to pick up a power tool or a drill? <laughs> See, I I like building stuff. I haven't done it in years. I've always wanted, my dream house would be like a garage or like an actual wood type thing. I remember many years ago, because I've got a cousin who's a similar age to me, um, um, but he's more kind of like lad laddish kind of thing. Like, he likes football, he likes... And all that shit. And my granddad getting him like a little, like mini built like toolkit and stuff like that. So like a saw and scrap wood and all this shit. And I was just like, right, cool. Where's where's mine? And I just did. I I think I got like twenty quid. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, cheers. Thank <laughs> you. I'm a man as well. But the reach. Um, I'll say with this episode, Cal. Uh, I'll leave most of what I think of it at the end. But there's um just. Great little individual jokes here, or great individual jokey scenes. Now we had it with Doctor Nick and McClure, what a combo! And now we've got um, MacBain in the blockbuster DVD video place. Um, do you know the hidden movie about MacBain? It's uh, I've seen I've seen it all together on on various different uh, Buzzfeed and YouTube all that Yeah, YouTube. So my cat is named something out of the McBain film. Is it Mendoza? It is. However, so my cat, my brother named my cat, he, he was his cat originally and then uh, I got him. Um, but he thought his name was Mendoza, not Mendoza. Um, then thought he was a she, the cat. Um, oh, okay. Hard, hard to tell when the kittens and stuff. So we called it Mandy for short. Um and but then we found out he actually is a he so he my cat identifies as a male he walks like john McWayne. he's a fat little shit um and he's called <laughs> mandoza uh, and he kind of i, I want to say ag- acknowledges because cats don't really do that it's just a housemate who doesn't pay rent um but he kind of looks at you when you say mandy or mandoza did you screaming. play this scene really loud to see what you would think? Mendoza! <laughs> I haven't. I don't even know who it is. I need to find him and do that. I was going to show my family as well because there's a specific clip of the actual film on on YouTube. Do you think they intentionally made, uh, meant to do a mini film within The Simpsons? Like uh, supposed linked scenes of McBain? Is this the first one where it, where it shows up? The first McBain film is in season two, but it's like the ending of his film, shall we say. But then throughout other seasons, you get like little snippets of a film yeah. that he's in. Yeah, um, I think it's just because it's just such a good joke that, you know, it could keep him running. And 
there's nothing more rich than a universe what feels lived in, especially if they've got type like films and stuff they watch. So, um, especially it just being obviously a parody of several different like 80s films. So, obviously, you've got your Schwarzenegger, you've got your uh, Danny Glover. Uh, Lethal Weapon, yeah. You've got. Um, I just like the fact that um, even just sort of the writing and the dialogue and the film, white, it's very much like uh, Glover is going to die here, folks. You know, I got me a future. My daughter's finishing college and just the, really with the little Susie's growing up. And his, and his deadpan delivery of when he's blood, bleeding out on the floor. It's like, ah, McBean, yes. No sort of concern in his voice for his mate who just got completely shot up. Ooh, McBain. Hey, McBain, you keep eating them hot links. You're never going to make it to a pension. Come on, live a little, Scoy. No, thank you. Got me a future, partner. I'm two days away from retirement. My daughter's graduating from college. Little Susie's going up. And as soon as we nail Mendoza, my old lady and I are going to sail around the world like we always wanted. We just christened a boat. Oh, yes, sir. Everything's gonna be just perfect. Oh, stop talking crazy. No, no, no. Lisa, we're going. Something. All these movies are great. We get back from the video Don't store and um, Bart's been busy working on his soapbox derby racer. He's even got an idol, three-time soapbox derby champion, Ronnie Beck here. Marge's brought back home my fatherhood quotient, asking him many questions, name a, name your son's friends, name his hero, and name another father he talked to about parenting, but Homer can't answer any of these questions, and even especially when it comes to name a hobby he has, Marge says, we'll go and check the garage, see what he's doing in there, and gets to see his um, little lightning, or the little prototype of it, and uh, he admits that that is a hobby, and he is a bad father, and... I find it funny, Pat and Sam will slip in the line, oh, you're all so fat. I'm all so fat. So the thing is, though, with that quote of, um, can you name uh, one of your son's friends? Now, there's an, uh, you might have seen it on Instagram or Facebook or, or whatever, and it says, is your dad really a dad if he still misnames the person who you've been best friend, friends with for about 10 years? Like, my dad probably doesn't know any of my friends. Like... In, like whenever I mention my mate Kyle, they always think I'm talking about my cousin. So then they ask me lots of things about my cousin, and I'm like, I I, I haven't <laughs> seen him since since you saw him. Like I don't know. Like, <laughs> like oh, why is he not? Why is he? Where? When is he going away? I, I, Tuesday. I don't know. Like, why are you asking me? Homer's um distraught by this, so he decides to phone the National Fatherhood Institute here. Um, again, talked about it in a our first ever Halloween episode. Um. Got the please hold sort of phone gags with cats in the cradle there, getting him teared up. But the main uh, head researcher answers the phone. He says, oh, you know, I got a zero on your test. Good Lord, a zero. And they send a Woodpound station wagon right away. And I love the nonchalance of just, um, or the sort of casualness of they just, two men in white coats pick up your father. And he's just like, goodbye, son. Hey, they're hauling your dad. I'm like, oh, maybe it's for the best. I expected this. I will say, growing up on a 
estate way back in the day, um, it wasn't uncommon to see um, people coming out of houses just in cuffs right into the meat wagon and that. And my friend's just like, oh, yeah, my cousin's just going to get interviewing that. I'll probably see him tomorrow. It's fine. Just the normalcy of it. See, I, on, on my estate, we didn't really have anything like that because, you know, I'm privileged. Um I'm, I'm a white straight cis male um but on my grand grandparents street across there's basically there's two drug dealers across the street and there was another drug dealer behind them as well and when they used to get raided they used to have people up the street as well who used to sell them so they'd get all the all the product and put it next door and they used to hide it in like wooden stuff and i want to sort my and the kitchen window looked out onto the the two houses that were next to each other, and you saw the squat team runner in, drive up all the all the paddy wagons and all that stuff came around, and they grabbed the baton thing to like knock the door down and they'd like go one, two, three, and as they're about to bash the door open, they all get they all step back. It's because the fucking drug dealer opened the door and let me. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> they couldn't find anything, so they let him go. <laughs> Oh, and when yeah. I was instead just watching it, just going, oh, it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous. This, like, you were supposed to get him out. Like, what is this shit? Like, <laughs> National Hollywood Institute. Dave speaking. I'm Homer Simpson. I just took your test. I got a zero. Good lord, a zero. Lana, cancel my one o'clock. Mr. Simpson, we'll send a wood panel station wagon over for you immediately. Goodbye, son. Hey, Bart. I think they're finally hauling your dad away. Maybe it's for the best. Homer's at the National Fatherhood Institute and um, he gives him a, and this is dated really well, he gives him a copy of uh, Fatherhood by Bill Cosby here. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone knows about, well, Pill Cosby, shall we say. Um, yeah, I, I, don't know what, I don't know what else to say, Cal. Because they keep referencing him in the very early seasons because on Fox... They brought back Cosby for like a second or third different iteration of his popular series. And they went head to head with The Simpsons at different times. And The Simpsons ended up winning. That's why you get the sly little dig of, oh, thanks, Bill Cosby. You've saved The Simpsons, which in theory he did. But now it's just like, hey, you know, the easy, easy battle to win now. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I think it's partly because I'm, as well, like Bill Cosby was kind of America's dad for a while. Um, now he's very much America's stepdad. Uh, <laughs> like, you know when he say the Simpsons predicted the future? Yeah. They did predict this one. <laughs> Maybe they harbed him like the BBC did with Savile. But he's given him all this good advice. Homer's not having it though. Like, oh, when do you ever see your son? And it turns out, you know, uh, Dave's there, you know, the scientist's son. And uh, he's doing his own work there with a underwater parenting it's going to make a breakthrough and uh i'll get to the very very funny bit uh in a minute but they have a bit of back and forth homer saying oh you know what does your son like um you know you should spend more time with him more time with who oh your son and he said well he's building a soapbox dev racer oh no that's a great opportunity you should get on this and then a klaxon goes off somewhere and there's how I don't know but there's a fucking shark in the underwater dad bit and the dear god not again and the little Biting his clipboard like, oh, fuck. One of the best bits of this whole episode. Possibly my favourite scene in this episode, Cal. Yeah. It's 
it's it's such a strong episode, really. It's the look. The thing is with the Simpsons is the better episodes are the ones that have a straight a straight a uh, a plot with a B plot. What doesn't start off the Simpsons get a tax deduction and then all of a sudden buy a fucking tennis court or whatever that shit was. It, it's a, a simple concept with lots of padded jokes inside it which are just absolutely hilarious. How's your research coming, son? I think we're near a breakthrough. Good work. Thanks, Dad. Oh, how I envy you. Homer, that easy back and forth that you just witnessed didn't happen overnight. It took years of effort. I've never been afraid of a little hard work. Oh, that's the spirit, Mr. Simpson. Now, step one is to find an activity the two of you can share. Does the boy have any interests? What boy? Your son. Find something he likes to do and share in it. Well, he is building a soapbox derby racer. Oh, that would be perfect. Dear God, not again! Homer decides to apply this um, new fatherhood technique at home, and initially it's not going well. You know, Bart's nearly done. You can just sit in and drink beer. But no, he's got to, you know, persist through all this um, force. You know, he doesn't need consent, so he applies the. Rule of Cosby. <laughs> he, applies the ru- he applies the rule of Cosby. And, um, yeah, basically you got to use reverse psychology, which is a lot more disturbing now. It's come from a book of Cosby. But, you know, it, it does work, and there's a nice... I think it's a really cute, sweet montage of um, Homer and Bart uh, just building little lightning, going through all the trials and tribulations. Uh, with, with, like you said earlier, about um, the Savile thing, and then, like... It, it was kind of like an unhidden, it was a hid up secret in um in, in the BBC. Like everybody knew, they just didn't really talk about it. Despite the fact that when I I remember in school, them trying to bring back Jim will fix it and people. Oh God, like, I do remember that. Just, Jesus, that guy just looks like a paedophile. Like how how do you not like? How did this not come out before? And with the Cosby thing, if you look at um. Not so much The Simpsons, but because uh, they don't kind of go into risque kind of drugging thing, but more like Family Guy from quite early on, and, and other jokes as well. Um, South Park as well. I think it was more of a known thing than we know about. So if you oh, think yeah, about it, oh yeah, they had him as a right deviant. Howdy! This is just a reminder that if you're enjoying the content so far, loving our podcast, loving the episode. Go to facebook.com and search for Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, a British podcast, and give us a like there. We'll update you on all of our exclusive content and posts as well. Also, if you're in the mood for a bit more Simpsons and more Simpsons podcasts, go over and check out the 411 folks on Facebook and SoundCloud as well. They do lots of great impressions, great analysis of the episodes, and it's generally a good time. And now back with your regularly scheduled listening. comes to the sort of time trial day of the Soapbox Derby. And um, they pull up. There's also Martin racing and Nelson racing. Um, I really like their cars. I like the designs on them. Um, again, another great line here. One of the volunteers just like, oh, well, you know, your dad's not supposed to help you. You should have consulted him. All right, what do you think of these designs? What do you think of Little Lightning and the Honor Roller? Because they do get the sort of shithouse sort of uh, car and then the super duper scientific carbon fiber look as well. The... Uh, on a roller, this reminds me of Hit and Run, that classic. I I I like Nelson's car. It's just, it's good. It's a strong, 
Ben Hur kind of type. Oh yeah, chariot. there's loads of Ben Hur's references throughout this, and it's basically it's a killing machine. They've even got a little stowaway. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's he doing? <laughs> another another Cosby reference is great. Oh god, this is just going to be one after the other with this time trial start, and um, you know Bart's nervous, but he's Gravity is my co-pilot, according to Ronnie Bex, who's got that advice for them. But um, Martin's not adjusted the gradient of this hill, so he's shitting it. But it's too late. The race is off, and it's pretty straightforward. You get a lot of um, Ben-Hur references. Um, you get the whip on the go here with the lovely sound effects. Um, but Bart's car's falling apart. like it, face, it smacks him in the face. A little plank comes up and gets him. Martin wins by a massive distance. And the you know the parachutes can't deploy, and um, I, I'm going to keep repeating myself, but fuck it, just another great moment here, which I, I'm positive even now you couldn't do. Um, we talked about Channel 4's edit in uh, in our previous episode we did together, but yeah, I don't think nowadays you can show a kid crashing a car at high velocity, going on fire, and then he's on fire as well. But I love it; it's all the madness and the Wah! and the fact the firefighters. Go for the car and not for the small child on fire. But could they do that now, Cal? Deploy, Deploy! I, uh, I think so. It's a funny gag. It's uh, I think you're looking a little bit too much into it. Like I don't know if it's just because I've watched um, the series Happy with Chris... Milano, I think his name is. Um, in that they microwave a baby and he beats the shit out of someone for doing it. Um, so I'm a bit desensitized at the moment. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. <laughs> it's it, you don't see obviously baby, you see the aftermath and stuff, and he just like the guy gets his fucking comeuppance. But um, yeah, no, I think it's just a it's a funny scene. I always remember it being younger but then funny you point it out i don't know if it did actually get oh it was used to get cut i think what they did is they show it crashing and it's on fire and then it's the cut you don't actually see martin running around again it's a it's the whole when it's shown and what time so i think it's very dependent on that martin's hospitalized um turns out it's just a little um it's just a little small sort of hairline break um, but that same, he's out of it. Bart goes to console him, but he sees this as an opportune time. Or well, even Martin recommends him to um, drive his car to beat Nelson, to beat that bully. And he, you know, takes it in a heartbeat. Why wouldn't you? Um, so he has to break the news to Homer. Homer's ready to pull him out of school for a good two weeks to build up little lightning again. But Bart breaks to him that, you know, it's ugly, handles like a shopping cart, and I can really win the race if I take Martin's car. But, you know, Homer... I suppose, like, any dad would be... I don't think Homer's being irrational. Um, I think it's just a really well-played scene. You know, oh, no, go on without me then, because, you know, I had this nice memory, um, and now I'll just see what it's like without a son. I thought it was quite uh, quite good here, Cal. Yeah, I agree. I think it is... It, 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 it humanises him in Bart size kind of thing, rather than the scene being this big O for... Or as this failed patriarch in the family, it kind of does humorise him when he just he, he just gives the con the, the instant disappointment of saying like, well, 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 go fuck yourself then, like you do it. Mm. Like, like I think it, it brings a lot of heart to it. 
it's not too nasty either. It's more he's like genuinely hurt. It's not like he's that scorned. Yeah, exactly. It's it's it, it's realistic in in the idea where you know working on a project and then all of a sudden just think, well, actually, we're just someone better. But thanks for your help. It's the day of the race, and um, Homer's seemingly ignoring Bart for what he's done. Uh, Lisa has to go to the hospital because she's a bit um, preemptive about getting her jabs done. So she goes there, and Homer runs into Martin and calls him a home wrecker straight up. I did, I didn't expect. I never even learnt what home wrecker was till it was what maybe mid teens. So just re- again rewatching it and getting the value of that joke again and again, the layer of it. This little boy's breaking this family. When Homer scares Martin, and <laughs> what does what does Doctor say? Something like, "Oh, you, you gave that boy the heebie-jeebies." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very positive, listeners. If you um, go on Frinkyak or just watch it through whatever means, if you pause on a still of Hibbert in this scene, and I think the initial scene where he talks to Martin about his fracture, and you look at that Cosby book, exact same Cosby sweater. I'm positive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Because they're looking at him as being a sort of friendly Cosby type and Dr. Nick would be the rogue doctor, so it has to be. I agree. I was thinking that whilst we were watching it earlier. Bart and, Ho- uh, sorry. Bart and Marge are hoping to coax Homer to watch this grand final, uh, but Homer's not having it. He's still full-on. And now, thankfully, they didn't, I'm glad they didn't show him being a bit more bitter and mean earlier. Um because then it would have sort of ruined it and he'd be that typical jerk-ass home. But no, now it's coming across that he's, okay, you can let it, you should let it go now and you're being a bit bitter and mean. Because Marge has always defended him from this point on, but maybe he is a bad father and, you know, they're leaving a huff. I'm glad they did that, Cal, because now it's sort of, okay, you sort of have to forgive him now, but they're letting it stew and it pays off later. Yeah, it's the whole you've got to be in, what have you got to be in at all? And, you know, you've got to be there for your son. But well, we come back to, um, again, this pays off. They um, introduce something and they pay it off later. He comes back to the fatherhood quotient test and he's able to name a lot more. He's able to answer a lot more questions, you know. Ronnie Beck's his uh, hero. Martin's one of his friends, even though he'll curse it to the day he dies. And, um, yeah, he's nearly got a perfect score. He just needs to talk to someone about parenting and just happens Flanders pops through. Howdy, neighbour. And to say they have a conversation is really generous here i've got a good example of just like doing the bare minimum as far as uh, having this conversation and passing this test i can always relate to this scene especially um i graduated with not only with my degree but i ended up doing a little uh additional sort of uh international tutoring certificate the halm award but in order to get the bronze one literally all you had to do was fill out these multiple forms people it was that easy just to put on your CV. So very much a thing of him saying, oh, how much should a, when should a boy start dating? Well, there's a two schools. Yeah, great, thanks. <laughs> uh, I'll just fill these forms out. Yeah, great, thanks, thanks. That's it. So Homer races off. He's going to see Bart race. Um, but in the meantime, Bart's sort of low. He wanted his dad to see him, but you know, he's just drinking and you know he thinks he's sitting at home all by himself. But Martin's not having any of this shit. He's turned into a right little bit of bastard ever since he slightly broke his arm there um I, I got i know you're not an american football fan but whoever's listening i got real parallels of um bill belichick and tom brady like oh who cares that you're this amazing quarterback with feelings and emotions just 
play this fucking game and wing me my fucking Super Bowl. But Bart gets inspired, and I believe, uh, doing a little bit of research, I know this is usually your forte, Cal, but Homer's standing up and do it for your old man, boy. That silhouette and that shot is from the film The Natural, which is another big sort of sports baseball film here. This ends pretty quickly, Callum, compared to like the first and second act. This third one sort of, again, zips by, but not in a bad way. It's not like they're trying to rush it through. It's just they're um, wrapping up in a nice little bow here. Bart ends up beating Nelson and they go with celebrate with the trophy and Martin has to piss on everyone's parade and say, Oh, you know, I designed the car, you know, oh, because this is exactly F1, isn't it, you smug little fuck. The driver is just ballast. All right, mate. And they, uh, Homer and Bart rightly roll their eyes and embrace with a bit of teasing of Nelson in between, being slightly sore uh, winners. And then they hug, and uh, that's how we end, Cal. What did you think of this um, What did you think of this ending? I, 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 one, of, one of the common things of, of myself in this podcast is I don't rate the ends of, of episodes very well. Um, I always think it's a strong first and second act, and it just kind of peters down a bit too much in the really. Oh, um, this one, however, that's my uh, this this episode. I think strong throughout. It's 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 watchable. Parts of it don't age great, but it with with a different light, it, it's even funnier. Um, it's. Probably other than um, the Chili Peppers episode, I think this is probably one of my favorite episodes we've uh, reviewed. If I'm honest, I agree. This is um, this is up there with um, Lemon of Troy, in my opinion, and the Treehouse of Horror as far as like best episodes we've recorded. Um, with that, um, I'll do my ratings. Uh, for ratings with this, I'll go. Um, I think I'm going to go whole hog here. I'm going to go five out of five. Um, shark father attacks. Um, yeah, like I said, I think it's a very strong episode. I think it's um, it's hilarious. It named it's named for my cat is because of this episode. Um, I'm gonna give it a strong uh, five out of six. Pill Cosby books. Ah, yes. We had to round it up and finish on pill, didn't we? <laughs> Exactly right. I think you know. Some it's not always it's not perfect. Don't get me wrong, but it's definitely one of my favourites. And I don't think it, nothing's come close to being this perfect for a very long time. Okay, we're gonna roll the dice, pull the plunger on that big random episode generator, and uh, see what we're reviewing next time. There's the sound. I was waiting for that. That one's going in. That one is staying in. It's because you could it. I don't. I don't feel right. I, I feel obliged to do it. Now. <laughs> and you should keep this in. <laughs> okay, it's time to spruce up because we're jumping to season eleven with the Mansion Family. Remember to uh, like our Facebook page and to share as well and to like our uh, SoundCloud page. Again, they're both Uncle Mo's Family Feedback podcast. And we will see you next time. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.